Welcome to You Can Do It Too, the podcast highlighting regular folks who followed their dreams and made it happen. I'm Joan Hutchinson, your restaurant maven. I'm a former caterer and restaurateur turned hospitality business consultant and public speaker. I started this podcast because I've met a lot of young people in their 20s and 30s who were very successful. When I talked with them about their businesses, I was so inspired. It's not that obstacles didn't pop up for them, it's just that they didn't see them as a problem, which is a huge part of why and how they overcame those problems. It was their mindset. I was so inspired by them, and I realized I could really use some regular inspiration to keep working on my dreams. I figured I wasn't alone. It's just so important that all of us realize we all have it in us to succeed. So You Can Do It Too was born. I've since interviewed many folks, both young and more experienced in life. We drop new episodes every other Sunday. Hey, if you enjoy a specific episode, please rate it. I'd love it if you could give us a five-star review and share it with someone you think could benefit. I am so glad you're here, so let's get started. Hello and welcome to You Can Do It Too. I'm Joan Hutchinson, your restaurant maven. Burnout is an epidemic among restaurateurs and many other professions. Today, I have an expert to help with just that. Introducing Avery Thatcher a remarkable individual who has transformed her passion for helping others into a thriving business. With a background as a former ICU registered nurse, Avery brings over a decade of experience in understanding the effects of stress on the body and how to combat its negative impact. Through her Flow State app and group programs, Avery's been dedicated to supporting highly sensitive high achievers in reclaiming their energy and optimizing their habits since 2015. Her expertise lies in guiding individuals to prevent and reverse the detrimental health effects of stress, ultimately avoiding burnout and illness. Join us as we dive into Avery's journey, exploring her invaluable insights on recovering energy, optimizing habits, and elevating impact. Prepare to be inspired by her wealth of knowledge and practical strategies for achieving a healthier and more fulfilling life. Welcome, Avery. Thank you so much for having me, Joan. I am so excited to be here. Yes, I am so excited for you to be here. I know that my listeners are going to get so much out of today. So thank you for coming in today. So can you share a little bit about your personal journey and what led you to specialize in stress management and its impact on the body? Absolutely. So as you explained before, I'm a former ICU registered nurse. And really early on in that career, I noticed that the majority of the reasons why adults found themselves in the ICU were because of illnesses and diseases that could be linked to chronic stress. So wow. I really wanted to get out of the reactive side of medicine and start helping people prevent that epic ICU stay. And I 
really, I'm a super nerd. So I went right into the research and started like nerding out on all of the information I could find and got extra certifications and how stress impacts the body. And I was teaching this for a couple of years. And then at the end of 2018, I was still working as a nurse and I was coming off a 12 hour night shift and the charge nurse looked me in the eye and she said, oh, you don't look well. Go home, rest up, feel better. And I slept for 20 hours. And then I slept for 20 hours the next day and the day after that. And really, I had this epic burnout experience, even though I was doing everything, quote unquote, right. And so I was so upset because I just felt so betrayed by the research that was all pointing towards meditation and mindfulness and yoga and journaling and all of these things that are supposed to help you prevent and reverse negative health effects of stress. But it just really lit that fire in me to go and find the missing pieces of the puzzle to really help identify the kind of burnout that we're experiencing and creating our burnout action and recovery plan. Wow. Wow. So you were doing all that stuff. You were doing yoga. You were journaling. You were doing everything you were supposed to be doing. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. Wow. So And it's just that it doesn't take into account the stressors that are flowing into our life. So one of my favorite ways to explain this is just to imagine that you're sitting in a boat and the boat has a couple of holes in it. And so you've got your bucket and you're bailing out the water as it's pouring into your boat. Mm -hmm. And so meditation, mindfulness, yoga, stress management, those are all your bucket. And so the more often you do those things, the more of those things in your toolbox, the bigger your bucket is. And so you're bailing out the water, but those stressors are still flowing more stress into your life. And so you're going to sink slower, but you're still going to sink. And you'll sink to the point that your burnout life jacket catches you. So what we need to start looking at are really all of those holes in the boat and figuring out which ones can I plug or which ones do I just have to figure out how to manage? Because some of them, let's be real, we can't do something about. So you're talking about like figuring out what comes into your life that either that like... I like uh, relationship issues or um, job change or money problems. Is that what you're, is that what you mean? Yeah, absolutely. It could also be living in a capitalist world, trying to survive in a restaurant industry that is highly competitive and really challenging, especially to break into. So you're also some of your stressors are really these things that you can't control. You can't really change the impact that these societal influences have on your life. And this is where we need to learn how to manage the stress that's coming in because we can't do something about that. Whereas sometimes with money stress, depending on the situation, there are steps that we can take to slowly plug that hole in our boat. Relationship stress, again, there's things we can slowly do sometimes to work on plugging the hole in the boat. Mm -hmm. And this is where really differentiating differentiating between those two is such an important piece of the puzzle. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of delving into each person that you work with doing their own soul searching and figuring this out as well. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Because there's this phrase that everyone says, we're all in the same boat. Mm -hmm. And I saw this on a sign outside of a coffee shop one time and it just stuck with me. And it says, we're not all in the same boat. We're in the same storm. So some of us have a yacht, some of us have a rowboat, some of us are hanging on to like a little chunk of wood, and we're all experiencing the same storm, but we all have different situations that we're working in. So I think that's really where there's not one size fits all kind of fix for this. But that being said, there still is a really straightforward framework. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
That makes sense. Oh my gosh. So I have a lot more questions, but before we get to them, we need to take a moment to hear from our sponsors. So coming up, Avery's going to share some uh, actual practical advice that we can use in our lives. So don't go away. The Square Rigger Lodge in Dora County offers everything you need to relax and enjoy a wonderful vacation, weekend getaway, or honeymoon in beautiful Door County, Wisconsin. Located on the sandy shores of Lake Michigan, our rental house, cottages, suites, and motel rooms give you sanctuary from the hustle and bustle. Whether you visit to enjoy the county's amazing scenery, shopping, or family-friendly attractions, you can be back at the lodge in about 15 minutes for a relaxing evening on the beach. Stargaze until late in the night and wake up to the most spectacular sunrises. The Square Rigger Lodge is your perfect Door County destination. Visit us at www.squareriggerlodge.com. See you soon. Okay, and we're back with Avery Thatcher, and we are talking about overcoming burnout. Thanks so much for sticking with us. So Avery, you say that you help highly sensitive, high achievers. What do you mean by highly sensitive? So these are the kinds of people that feel emotions a little bit more deeper than others. They operate more from an emotional base rather than a logical base. And so this just means that they have tendencies to lean towards people-pleasing because they feel the disappointment of letting somebody down that much more, mm. or they feel the result of a boundary that they set up that much more. And you can see different patterns that show up through childhood of these highly sensitive people that see even more of a drive to prove yourself because that's how they got the emotional connection that they were looking for from the influential adults in their life. So highly sensitive people are definitely more prone to burnout, but that doesn't mean that highly logical people can't burn out as well. This is where the high achiever kind of comes in. And so it's sort of like those Venn diagrams where there's overlapping pieces of the puzzle. But as a high achiever, you're also really pushing yourself. And as a restaurant owner, you push yourself hard. Mm -hmm. every day right every day even if you're not physically in your restaurant your brain is there mm -hmm. so it's working on understanding how to balance that high achiever and that's one of the most important first steps that we can take wow yeah and restaurateurs are there our whole life is about pleasing people i mean that's what that's why we do what we love that's why we love what we do because it's making people happy it's creating a great experience for people so uh, that's definitely restaurateurs so can you can you explain the concept of flow state and how it can benefit these people in particular Yes. So to understand flow state, we have to sort of understand our stress response a little bit. So our stress response is like a switch. It's either on or off. So we're either in the sympathetic nervous system, the fight or flight side of things, or we're in parasympathetic, the rest and digest side. Now there's also the freeze and fawn response. And that's what happens when our stress switch gets stuck in the middle. But really when we have our stressors in our life, which most of us are in a chronic stressed out state, we start to move through the three stages of stress. 
So the first stage is the alarm stage. And so this is the one where you see something dangerous running at you, you fight or flight to get away from that, you're safe, and then it turns off. That's what our stress response was designed for. Life doesn't work that way anymore. So most of us are living in this stage of resistance. And so this is where our body is able to find some kind of balance between the productivity that we want and the pressure that we're under, and it's able to help support the increased energy demand on our body. But when the balance between productivity and pressure becomes too heavy and we start to head down into the last stage, which is the stage of exhaustion or burnout, this is where our body is not able to produce or take in enough energy to support the life that we're trying to live, the goals that we're trying to achieve. And so when we're looking at the flow state, this is where we're trying to be able to bring ourselves back up and maintain ourselves in that stage of resistance, where we're able to manage the stress that's coming into our life, but also recover the energy that's being used to help really help us achieve these goals, and then optimize some habits that are going to help us ease mental load, ease emotional load, and really increase that fulfillment that we have in our life. So the flow state is really made up of these three parts to help keep us in that stage of resistance. So first we have to recover our energy. And energy is both simple and not simple, and we can get into that in a second. And then we also need to work on, again, like I said, optimizing our habits. And that's what really allows us to achieve that flow state so we can elevate our impact and really make a difference in our corner of the world. Ah, so it's 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 like um, taking a minute to understand what you're feeling and accepting what you're feeling and understanding what it means or where it lives. Ah. Yeah, definitely. And so doing some of the embodiment practices for sure can work. Mm -hmm. But if you feel like you're more of a you lean more to the logical side of things, this is where checking in with your energy batteries essentially can be really helpful. Because, like I mentioned, energy is both simple and not simple. We either have energy or we don't. But our energy is complex because we're complex beings. So when we look at energy, we have physical energy. This is what we typically define our energy levels by. Mm -hmm. Then we also have mental energy. This is our ability to problem solve, make good decisions, think on the fly, you know, work with whatever is coming down our our way. And then we also have the emotional energy. This is our ability to hold space for others, to deal with difficult situations, to be able to maintain our calm and our cool. And then the last is the fulfillment energy. And this is where we feel connected to that purpose, really driven to achieve the mission that we're looking after. And so often we can experience burnout in at least one, if not all of these different categories, but we typically start to feel it the most when it hits physical which is often the last level of burnout. Often we start to experience burnout when we lack a little bit of fulfillment energy. We feel like we're stuck in the grind. We're not actually feeling connected to that greater purpose that we're working towards. We're not feeling like we're actually making a difference in our corner of the world. Mm -hmm. And that's usually the top of that burnout triangle and it starts to trickle down from there. Wow, I know I, I went through this uh, during the pandemic. It was uh, mm. incredibly stressful for restaurateurs, as it was for everyone. But um, yeah, I, I, I definitely felt the emotional. And then I started having it affect my hands. Like I couldn't bend my thumbs. And I mean, it was, it was insane. It was crazy how it started mm -hmm. seeping into everything. And I think I'm the kind of person and I... 
I think most restaurateurs are because of the industry that we're in and how it works on a day-to-day basis is you're constantly putting out fires and I would uh, encounter a problem and instead of stopping and let it sink in and taking a minute to figure out where my emotional state was, I just start figuring out how to fix it. And then I never took the time to spend on me. So I think that's how it ended up affecting me so physically, you know, outwardly. It was crazy. So it sounds like this is if I had stopped a minute, maybe, and given myself the time, it might have helped. So what are some practical strategies or techniques that we can implement to prevent or, or even reverse the negative health effects of stress in our lives? So one of the things is kind of frustrating in a way, because I always say that hindsight's a jerk, because when we look <laughs> back at it, we're like, oh, there were the red flags. That's what I should have paid attention to. But I heard this also a while ago, um, that sometimes we can't see our red flags because they're pointed at us. So we only see that skinny bit of the flag. Uh. And so this is where we need someone to point something out, change the wind. Something has to change so that we can start to see some of those red flags earlier. So if you have experienced burnout in the past, or if you feel like you're experiencing it now, start to notice what are the things that you get rid of first? What are the things that usually bring you joy that no longer bring you joy? Start to notice some of the early warning signs, those red flag warning systems for yourself. And put a little note somewhere, maybe in your phone, so you can check it once a week, once every couple of weeks, and just see, where are we at? <laughs> Am I checking any of these red flags off? And it just helps you become aware of, do I need to sit back and reevaluate my tasks, my to-do list? Because mm-hmm. you're not just a restaurateur, you also have a personal life, which is trying to squeeze into the middle of all of that. And then you've got other things that you're working on, and you want to take care of your health and all of these pieces. So it's looking to figure out the balance between all of that. Now, One of the simplest and easiest ways that we can turn off our stress switch is by taking five slow, deep breaths for five seconds on the inhale and five seconds on the exhale. And so the research has showed that this is very effective in turning off that sympathetic nervous system and putting us back into rest and digest. And one of the extra bonuses of this is that we get access to our prefrontal cortex again. So if you think about it, if you're running away from a dangerous animal, contemplating the meaning of life or solving a complex problem, not a priority. So your brain actually kind of shunts blood away from that area of your brain and focuses more on the instinctual survival part of your brain. So when we slow down our breathing, when we turn off that stress switch, we get access back to that higher level thinking brain, that problem solving prefrontal cortex. So when we feel that hit of stress, when a new fire comes our way, Taking the 50 seconds to have those slow five deep breaths can be so powerful in helping you solve the problem faster, more effectively, and really more sustainably. So the 555 breathing is something that I would recommend everybody do. And I recommend you do it five times a day. And I know that that sounds like a lot, but if you do it when you first get up in the morning, before each meal, and before you go to bed, that's five. So it's just tagging things onto existing things that you already do. Now, if you're grabbing like little bites in between things because you're on the go all day long, then it's setting an alarm on your phone, on your watch. Uh, that Every time you go and get something to drink, take a deep breath. So it's, again, you're trying to make it easier for yourself. Mm-hmm. So 
figuring out your red flag warning signs is a really good start. And then that deep breathing is another really good strategy. Wow. That's awesome. So not, not two deep breaths, not three deep, it's five. Five. <laughs> five. <Yes. laughs> That's what the research shows is five, yeah. fro- five full deep breaths for five seconds on the inhale and five seconds on the exhale. And that's enough for us to turn that stress switch off. Mm-hmm. And it's the first time you do it, uh, it may seem like it's taking forever, but then eventually you're able to do it in fewer breaths because your body starts to build that neural pathway. And then you start to take even just one slow, deep breath and you can feel everything settle again. Mm. Uh, lots of people are trained how to do this. The military is trained how to do this. ICU and emergency room medical staff are trained how to do this. High level CEOs are trained how to do this. And it's really just training and creating that neural pathway so that you can turn off that stress switch and be like, I'll get to you later. Right wow. now I've got this and I need this. That is awesome. And so easy. <laughs> Very you don't easy. need anything. You just yeah. need you. Yeah. <laughs> and I know how to count to five, which most of us do. So, <laughs> <laughs> so in, in your experience, what are some common misconceptions about stress management and how do you address them in your work? It's a great question. I think with a lot of the... <coughs> Sorry. I think with a lot of the pop psychology that's been coming out on Instagram, there's a lot of trending around the word trauma. Mm -hmm. But then there's also a lot of trending around meditation and mindfulness. And so I think one of the biggest misconceptions is that meditation and mindfulness is a cure-all and that everybody can do it safely. If you have a trauma experience, it means that you actually have an injury to your nervous system. So these strategies that we use to help calm the nervous system can actually activate it if you have that injury to your nervous system. So working with someone that understands what a traumatized nervous system looks like versus a healed nervous system is really, really important. So a clear example of this is I was teaching a meditation class and there was a large group of people all just laying down on the floor, listening to my voice. Some of them were sleeping. It was a good day. (laughs) And then I saw this one person in the corner and he was starting to hyperventilate and he was starting to like clench his hands. And so I walked over and I just tapped the bottom of his feet and just had him sit up and I gave him a different exercise to do. Well, he could still follow the meditation, but just not be as deep into it. And when I talked with him after he had been in the military and some of the breathing that we were bringing him through brought him back to the combat breathing that he was taught and brought him into a flashback. So understanding this next level of it is so, so important when we're looking to heal and really re-regulate our stress response. And then the other thing that I really wish people, like, I I wish I could meet the person that said this originally and shake them and be like, why? (laughs) So whoever said you needed 30 minutes of self-care every day, (sighs) like, that is such an unrealistic thing for so many people because, like, The idea of sitting down and finding a half hour block of time, Mm -hmm. like, good luck. There's very few people that can find that and commit to it and stick with it. So really, instead of trying to give yourself this picture perfect 30 minute block of time, look for pockets of time in your day. Can you spend 30 seconds before you get out of the car and walk into the grocery store? Can you spend three minutes just 
contemplating and thinking, listening to a quiet song and just allowing your thoughts to kind of run out and settle, can you brain dump for a couple of seconds or a couple of minutes before you go to bed? We're looking for these little pockets of time because really, let's be real, our lives are wildly busy. And especially after the pandemic, I feel like especially in the restaurant industry, people are trying to make up for lost time. They're trying to catch back up to the gap that was created. So give yourself some grace. Mm -hmm. Give yourself some grace to realize that it does not have to be fancy. It just has to work. Mm. Mm. That is great advice. (laughs) I I like the idea of um, finding pockets of time because... There usually are a few minutes in every day where, wow, you can take a deep breath and go, oh, oh, I have two seconds to myself. I have two minutes to myself. Um, but yeah, and 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 telling yourself that you have to have 30 minutes, it makes you feel guilty when you don't give yourself those 30 minutes. And nobody needs that, right? That's right. Like, it's just this completely unfounded and unrealistic amount of time. Yeah. In this one time block. And when you get that, when you finally find this half hour of time, it just feels like Christmas. Like it feels so right. lovely and just <laughs> juicy and delicious, but it's, it's pretty rare. It's right. Pretty rare. All right. So how do you approach helping people recover their energy and optimize their habits? So really it starts with looking at everything which is on your to-do list and breaking it into want to do, need to do, and if I have time to do. Mm. Because there's a lot of things that we think we need to do, but when you actually see it as this big list all together, you can easily look at it and be like, okay, so I actually just want to do that. This needs to get done, but I want to do this. Mm-hmm. And so then that allows you to start to block out your time a little bit differently so you can make time for the things that you want to do. Because a lot of the things that we want to do refill and restore some of our emotional energy, our mental energy, some of that fulfillment energy, some of our physical energy. And so we want to make sure that we're finding the right balance between those things. So really starting there and just kind of brain dumping your whole to-do list is a really good place to start. And then the next is to really start to look at what things in your life drain each kind of energy and what kind of things in your life restore them. Because then you're going to start to find more of a balance in your day. So for example, doing an interview like this just totally fills up my fulfillment bucket. I love it so much, but it drains my physical, mental, and emotional energy. Mm -hmm. So I know that before this, I have to do things for me that restore those energies. And then I'll also spend a little bit of time after this, allowing some of that energy to come back up before I continue with the rest of my day. Mm -hmm. And I don't spend a half hour before or after. (laughs) It was literally three minutes before this, and I'll probably spend... 30 to 90 seconds after this and it's really just those quick little bits where I'm looking at really balancing the energy that I have this day Mm. and so a lot of it is really embracing that curiosity and starting to develop a little bit more of a self-reflective practice you don't have to journal but you do have to sit with your thoughts a little bit just to notice what's actually working for you and what's not Mm. awesome so do can you Can you share any success stories or examples of transformations that you've witnessed? Oh, yes, absolutely. Uh, So there was this one person, he's an occupational therapist. He worked in a very busy return to work program where people were injured on the job and then they would be rehabilitated to be able to go back to work. 
And so he was feeling so burnt out. He was constantly working late, working overtime. He felt like he was always in the office, rarely actually getting to interact with the people that he wanted to interact with. And so he just felt so drained all the time and was really ready to quit. And when we met, he had just gone to his boss and said, hey, I have all of this stuff on the go. There's not enough time for me to actually see the people. And she's like, oh, I'll just give you an extra five hours per week. And he was just like, doesn't fix the problem. <laughs> thanks, but no thanks. Um, so he came to me and he was just like, so what do I do? And so we sat down and really looked at why did he even want to go into this job in the first place? Really connecting to that sense of fulfillment. And then we started to build a burnout action and recovery plan around that. And once he started implementing it, he was just visiting people for a couple minutes a day. And he was going out and he was finding a better balance between feeling like he was always in the office. And so we really worked with some of the cognitive dissonance that he was struggling with, some of that all or nothing thinking. And that was really the big turning point for him. There was another woman that I worked with that she just felt like she never really felt connected to anything in her life. She always felt like this. She described herself as a leaf blowing in the wind. She felt like she would find this one place to do and then she would find this one goal that she was working on and then she would go and find this job and she would just never really feel settled and connected. And so we started to work with some of the the voices that she could hear, like her inner critic voice and her... Uh, the quiet inner child self. And we started to really dig into those pieces to understand how are these contributing to your sense of burnout and your lack of fulfillment. And once we figured out how to make peace with those parts of her, then she started to really connect to what she really wanted to do. And she actually decided that she wanted to open up a franchise restaurant and that's where she went. So it's just really connecting into the the burnout experience and how we're perpetuating that in ourselves Mm -hmm. and then looking for a way to work with all of those factors and components. Wow. So, I mean, I can see that stress management and figuring out your habits and, and making the best of them helps someone, um, even their, their personal and their professional lives better. Right. Yeah. Definitely. What advice would you give someone who feels like they're overwhelmed by stress and isn't sure where to start in their path to recovery? I would like you to remember that always do your best doesn't mean always be perfect. Mm -hmm. So you want to make sure that whatever your best is for that day, that moment, whatever it is, whatever energy you have to give, if you're giving it your all, that's the best you got. So give yourself grace accept that and really celebrate that some of the days my big wins are that I got out of bed and I put real pants on (laughs) so it's okay to celebrate those things sometimes so really just yeah settling into always do your best doesn't mean always be perfect oh my gosh that's such a great quote love 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 that so what are your future goals and aspirations in the field of stress management and helping so this Sorry. <laughs> yes, yes, that's all right. Yeah, so this year uh, we're really branching out into corporate spaces because I've been generally catching people once they've already burnt out, mm-hmm. but I would love to help prevent that burnout experience to start with. So we're working more with leadership teams and uh, 
different corporate organizations and nonprofits to help them really identify how to support people through this burnout experience now. So really, that's where we're focusing right now. That and helping grow our apps so that more people can get the support that they need for a much more affordable price. Right. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it'd be great. Restaurant, uh, the National Restaurant Association, local restaurant associations could really definitely use you. You've given us so much to think about, and I really um, appreciate the advice. And I know that my listeners are going to be able to improve their lives with just those simple things that you told us, the the five, five, five breath and the, yeah. um, and just taking a minute and giving yourself those little pockets of time. I know are that just those few things are, are going to help all of our lives get better. So where can my listeners find you? Thank you for asking. So they can find me. I'm on Instagram at Becoming Avery. You can also find me on my website, becomingavery.com. And there I have a couple of quizzes that might be helpful. So one of them is your default self-sabotage style. So it helps you identify that and then gives you, of course, tips on how to work with it. So that way it doesn't continue to sabotage you. And then the other one is a burnout risk assessment. So I feel like both of those might be really applicable for your audience. Mm-hmm. And so those are both found at becomingavery.com. Awesome. Okay. So I will be sure to put those links in all the show notes so everyone can connect with Avery. And I just, I so appreciate you for coming on today and taking the time to share your message with us. And thank you to everybody who's listening. And like I said, I'm going to have all her info in the show notes for anyone who wants to reach out to her. I also want to thank Chris Hutchinson for editing this and all my podcasts. And if you think this episode was helpful, let me know and share it with someone you think could benefit. And if you or someone you know needs help with the restaurant or hospitality business, go to yourrestaurantmaven.com and let's connect. We will see you in two weeks. Thanks again, Avery.